Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to uh, an episode. It'll be an episode of the Saturday Morning hey. D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, good morning, Mr. Lucian. Good morning. I say we promise them two sessions. To, no, I'm just kidding. Two good shows in a row? Yeah. I don't know. In a row? <laughs> They've never That's had that in their history. How could that be? Um, a welcome, uh, Table One SG and Nathan White and Gary Aim, um, uh, Aim, I believe. So yeah, got some people in chat. It's an exciting first Saturday of March. That big wicked, March, new book out. Wicked smart weather coming out. Yes. Uh, Silver Boulet, always nice to see you. Uh, yes, um, the Candlekeep book. Uh, the the yeah. previews. Um, which is a list I still can't get on, and it's and I don't know how. I've sent so many emails to Wizards, and they don't want to give me books. Yeah, one day. <laughs> and anyway, but uh, they are out. So people like uh, Ted from Nerd Immersion and a couple of other reviewers are doing some YouTube videos on uh, on Candlekeep Mysteries, which is the mm-hmm. new book that's coming out um, this month, and it is going to be uh, well. It is a collection of of one shots basically, or maybe like one or two shots, but just short adventures. Um, and I was asking a few people who had early books, like, uh, what does it look like? And specifically I, I, I love, um, Amy Vorpal's humor and Mm -hmm. just her in general. And so I'm really excited for her, uh, specific thing. And uh, a couple people told me they're like, no, I, I think you'll like hers the most, but it's just like (laughs) silly and ridiculous. And I was like, okay, yeah, but that's the kind of games that I like to run. So, Right. Um, but have you heard anything about the Candlekeep? No, I've seen, uh, well, everybody's getting their early books. So a lot of pictures on Twitter of the covers mm-hmm. and somehow they're getting two of them. They couldn't even just send us one. Of no. Them, yeah. So they always send the, 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 the <laughs> bo- alternate cover and the regular cover. So yeah. 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 So that'd be nice. One day we'll get that. But um, no, I haven't seen the interior yet. I've been seeing a few more videos pop up and some art about um some of the adventures themselves Mm -hmm. um like one was the canopic jar i think i saw a picture of and i think that's um um gretchen uh, i forget her last name um uh i'd have to look back on twitter but there was one of the authors that put that up there and Mm -hmm. hers was up there and then but i haven't seen them all i think they're slowly kind of pushing them out there and getting them out but i'm wondering if each one like in the book is it a artwork of like it's a book of something like it's its own book so you can see the cover of what that adventure is and the binding and the, yeah. the things that'd be kind of cool if it's books within books kind yeah of thing. i don't artwork. know if the books are like because you're in the library of Candlekeep, and i yeah. don't know if every book has art but that dragon mm-hmm. plus article seemed to indicate that it was like you find this book and they have like a really cool picture of some like soggy book. And then you go inside and there's like a water adventure or something like that. Yeah. I hope that's Uh, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, the idea is that you're going into these books, I think, and actually having the adventures. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting. We were talking on, uh, I was talking late last night with some people and they were saying that, uh, you know, uh, descent into Avernus with the Baldur's Gate, uh, adventure, there's a, there's a stopping point at, um, Candlekeep. Mm-hmm. Um, to get some stuff done. And this is a perfect, like, oh, I could go and do this. And, you know, but I, ideally you could really put this anywhere. They don't even have to be books. Like if it's just kind of like this adventure takes place in a swamp and then you could, you know, side yeah. your your party over there by a swamp or something. So yeah. or I'm sure that like 
I'm sure everybody's homebrew campaign must have some big library that collects all the works and stuff. Yeah. Like everybody always throws that kind of a library of Alexandria in there of some sort to mm. have some cool thing. Um, so I'm sure they could fit it in. But yeah, like you said, I'm sure they could fit anywhere where they make sense. I'm sure you could. I like the idea of maybe you expanding on it. Like I'm not, I think I wasn't big into the mysteries, but I like the hook of what if the adventurers came to that library and they just perused the shelves for whatever adventure they wanted. Yeah. And then like they would pick a book and they would, they would say, okay, DM we we want to do uh dragon on the Mount here. This looks like a cool book. They pull it off the shelf and then, okay. And then the DM's like, okay, next session, you guys are playing this, you know, mm-hmm. and it's almost like, a um, what's the TV show that was, kind of similar to that like the line in the wardrobe the where they would open the thing up and they would walk into a whole nother world and there's lots of books about that where you're reading a book but you fall into the book or you know the mm-hmm. alice in wonderlands and the yeah yeah that kind of thing so i think that'd be kind of cool you could you could do your whole campaign around what's called an adventure library and adventure groups come up and they they check out a, a library book that's an adventure they go and they get stuff and yeah. items and gold and then they they check the book back in and somebody else could do yeah that, that, that would be an interesting be kind of uh website to create a like yeah. adventure library or something and if you could get some yeah. kind of like 3d game aspect where you walk around mm-hmm. and like books like vibrate at you like pick mm-hmm. me i want to be your or adventure. you know what it really reminds me of too it's very anime in one way but remember in final fantasy um You'll know this because you played it. They, You would get these little plates that were called guild levies. And they would have a picture of an adventure on them. And then you would select between them. Like in their opening scene was the adventure party around a table. And they had three or four of these almost like gilded gold plates mm-hmm. that were that they were going to choose what adventure they were going to like go wishbone. Yes, and the guy pushes it forward, the one that they do. And then they <laughs> dive into the, the way the animation goes. So that's what it really would feel like to me. Like I could see a whole animation show about there's this adventure library that adventurers come to. And then, you know, they and and the whole thing's about, you know, a first level party who's just formed and they're trying to figure out what adventures and maybe they get they go to the wrong stack. So they get one that's too high or, you know, they Mm -hmm. they they find something that nobody else has found before. And that gives them something really big and makes them really cool in some way so i could see that as just like a saturday morning show mm. uh i'm gonna trademark that so don't anybody steal that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, disney mm-hmm. don't take this from me don't just, don't do okay. it disney. <laughs> um that's weird i think My, it'd be cool i okay. i don't know i'm interested to see how they do mystery adventures i'm mm-hmm. still interested to see what written mystery adventures look like and if they're good or if they're just so so yeah know? yeah i mean well I, I mean, it's it's all it's all author based, but like with Chris Perkins leading the team, I think it would be really good. Um, man, saying the words Chris Perkins reminded me this is a tangent, but I had a weird dream last night that he was at I was at a convention and Chris Perkins mm-hmm. was there, but it was a and d convention. And I kept trying mm-hmm. to like get close to the stage because Chris Perkins was talking all about how cool. No, it was a Magic the Gathering convention. Sorry. And I was trying to get to the stage to talk to Chris Perkins about D&D. And he's like, I'm here for Magic the Gathering. Get away. And I'm like, no, but I'm a big oh, fan. He's like, I don't care. And he was quite rude to me. But in his defense, I was a jerk wanting to ask him all about Dungeons and Dragons at a Magic yeah. the Gathering conference. You don't understand. That was weird. That just popped I back am. into my head. I had the weirdest yeah. dreams last night. Um, 
But awesome. no, I like mysteries when they're done well. And there was a uh, a scarab mystery that I've ran, I think, mm-hmm. three times now because I like it so much for mm-hmm. three different groups. And it's it's just a fun mystery because uh, and it's a high level mystery, which is something that I think is difficult to pull off when you have players who can do speak with dead and be like, there was a murder. OK, let me talk to this guy who murdered you, Stuart. Ah, go get mm-hmm. Stuart. The spell doesn't lie. Um, but in this case, uh, it was like you could you could use all of those tools and those tools very cleverly gave you clues. And then you, the player, had to put it together. And I like that. It was fun. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, but yeah, so what that's coming out the 12th specifically. I don't remember. We're, we're a it's bad show. Notes. We're a bad show. <laughs> Um, but I yeah, assumed it was coming out this next week because usually when Probably. everybody starts getting their books and posting on Twitter, they're about a week ahead of everybody mm-hmm. else, but not much. Yeah. Um, if I scroll down, we must have the action <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in That's one of fun. our notes, right? <laughs> um, and there are some Ravenloft videos that are going out because of the new Ravenloft book, and uh, D and D Beyond is going full bore with their new. YouTube guy, I want to say, his name is Joe. He's very, very uh, Mm. charismatic and fun. Um, And Joe and um, a lady named Sage that I didn't really know of on the internet, and Amy Dallin, uh, who did a lot of Geek and Sundry stuff back in the day, and she's also just a really cool, amazing person. Uh, The Mm -hmm. three of them have been talking about Ravenloft and the upcoming setting and what it means and and just, like, things that they're excited for. Uh, Have you seen any of these, Mr. Lucian? I have not. It is March 16th. March 16th comes out, just so we all know, 10 days from now. Um, No, but anything Amy does, I'm definitely going to check out because she's huge in the community, the geek kind of role play community, board game community. She was on that Star Um, Trek uh, role play game. Really? That was like a two or three year game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She was on that for a long time. Um, Uh, And does really good stuff with a lot of the good people. I always think of them as kind of the West Coast, um, the. LA RPG scene, you know, yeah. like they're at the top of it kind of thing. So something that, you know, we, we as, or me as Midwestern never really gets to get to do or you know, those kinds of things. But, you know, I, th- I realize there's, you know, there's Hollywood aspects to some yeah. of the, the community out there. Um, and yeah, so I, I would definitely watch it. Um, I, although again, Candlekeep Mysteries wasn't huge on my list. Ravenloft isn't really, I could be, my mind could change, but Ravenloft wasn't one I was dying to go buy. Although if these, you know, 30 different um, planes of dread could be really cool. Maybe there's some other cool ones in there that will really grab my attention mm. besides the strawed vampire. Cause to me, how would you describe you and your wife? Um, and I believe she has a podcast about this. Yes. It's kind of like vampire aficionados, right? The, yeah. the, I would say I am not, vampire. But, right, but I would say my wife is, yes. Right, right. So I should have her. Maybe you should go get her for a second for this question. But you would probably know this because you sit there and watch it with Oliver. You enjoy that hobby with her. Um, so you know the the width and breadth of the vampire styles of stories, right? Mm-hmm. Where does Strahd sit in that kind of type of vampire story? Is he more Bram Stoker? Is he more comical? Is he more you know, once bitten, you know, what, what, where does well, he fall? I mean, it's vampires are like, they're reimagined so many times. 
Yeah, um, everything from it, Twilight to... It's a classic yeah. monster movie thing. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I personally believe that all of the Domains of Dread are reflections of those classic monsters of zombies and Frankenstein and... Uh, mummies. The and mummies and things Black like that. Lagoon. And so um, Ravenloft really was a reflection of Dracula. And and I and that's that's I guess that's an opinion. Like I don't have fact that it was based on that, but um, yeah. a lot of I mean he's a he's a ancient vampire that lords over a community and lives in a castle. And but is Strahd, Do you play? Do people play Strahd as dark Strahd? Do they play people as, as funny Strahd? Do they play him as like a you know what what. Well, playing, that's a hard question because I don't yeah. know what other people are playing in their games. You could play Strahd however you want. <laughs> like, uh, what, what was Indoor Adventure is? ran, Indoor Adventure's channel, they ran uh, Ravenloft and they made Strahd a woman. And it yeah. had uh, a lot of different changes to it and stuff. But um, yeah. ultimately, he is he is a terrorizing villain. He's, he's 100% evil. And... From what I've read of the Barovia mythos and stuff, uh, Strahd could just come in and kill you. You know, you're like a level two whatever. But mm-hmm. for him, it's more fun to, like, break you emotionally and do all these interesting, you know, evil things to you. Uh, and it, I, there was a, well, now I'm getting into weird lore, but there was a, a dragon in Lord of the Rings in the Silmarillion and he, that dragon lost his own life because it meant more to him to like have this elf commit these atrocities and at the cost of his own life he's like i'm going to die but that elf has to live with the fact that he killed his brother for the rest of his life or something and so it was mm-hmm. i always thought of strad as that kind of evil like where gotcha. strad would probably sacrifice himself if it meant that you were like emotionally destroyed for the rest of your life. So, but that's how I would play Strahd, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking there's lots of ways, like if you've watched, um, I mean, there's just so many different takes on vampires, everything from you can sit down with your kids and watch a vampire show and it not be too crazy, uh, you know, a Buffy or a, a cartoon about it or, you know, the, the hotel Transylvania or something like that all the way over to the end where it's nothing but huge gore fest or it's a huge, super dark story, Mm -hmm. um, Bram Stoker style, you know, kind of story. See, it's just a crazy mix of it. And I just wonder what are the other domains of dread going to be like then? Is that, is the same thing or are they really going for a dark campaign setting? Do they want a hardcore dark campaign setting? And that's what this is. No, I think they want a more friendly family. Yeah. I think yeah, I think so. they want to give you the tools where you can make it as dark as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, not having seen the original Ravenloft was very dark, I think, yeah. uh, and wasn't necessarily intended for like 10 year olds. But I think right. uh, as That's you know, the, the hobby has matured and, and just the world right nowadays and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mentality is let's give the player, let's give the dungeon master the abilities to make it as dark as he as he or she wants Mm-hmm. But you don't have to play it that way, you know? Um, and so uh, I just, I mean, Wednesday, my Wednesday video on my uh, on my main channel was about Lamordia. 
And Lamordia is another domain of dread, just like Barovia is. And every domain of dread has a dark lord. And Strahd is the dark lord of Barovia. And he is tied to Barovia just as much as the rest of the people. But it really is his prison. Like, even though he controls all of that, he can never leave. And that's, mm. that's like, that's the punishment of Strahd. And Lamordia mm. has a Frankenstein theme. So there's a Dr. Uh, Mordenheim who is obsessed with creating life and he stitches together this guy and, and brings them to life. And that creature's name is Mordenheim's monster and it's called Adam and it's straight up as a thing. And one day Adam goes crazy and kills Mordenheim's wife and steals their adopted daughter and runs off and he kidnaps children and people and nobody knows what's happening. And it's very dark, but like you don't necessarily have to play it like that. And again, that's the second edition that I'm going off of. So, but mm -hmm. but yeah, I think the more I the more I'm studying Ravenloft, and I've got more videos planned for the next you know three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, Ravenloft really is like let's take a monster concept and build a world around it. And it. so here's that. And the one I'm studying right now is uh, Falkovnia, and Falkovnia is very like zombie centric. And so mm. it's like, what do you do when when zombies are a problem, you know? And in mm -hmm. Falkovnia, it's what do you do when there's this unstoppable, like, six foot seven monster that lives on this island that's running around kidnapping us. We can't attack it. Every, you know, every time we do, people die. And so they yeah. are just living in fear, much like how you're living in fear with Vampire Strahd. So, yeah. It all sounds awesome as movies, yeah. In readable stories, I'm really curious to see how it is a, a playable tabletop. Like, yeah. there's always can an you objective. get your fear? Yeah, can you get yeah. your players to have a little bit of fear? Can they role play their characters with a little bit of fear? Does it not offend anybody in any way? Because you got to be careful about triggering mm -hmm. traumas because people, all, all people have traumas of some sort, you know, during their life. So, you know, you're trying to create a story and you may not know of something a car accident could trigger something or, Oh, you know, somebody fell off a you know, cliff and that spiders. You know. Like I was in spiders a game where the, yeah. I was in a game where the DM was going in depth about how big and awful these spiders were. <laughs> and then you start looking around the room and you're like, you know, Josh over there does not enjoy this. And he didn't, <laughs> yeah. he was like, I don't, I don't like this at all. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's, I, yeah. And I think that's session zero stuff, you know, but uh, yeah. at least the second edition Ravenloft material has, it had new rules to mm -hmm. say, you know, here are the spells that work and here are the spells that work differently to keep it a mystery, you know, because if you're a paladin and you walk in to Barovia and you detect evil, well, now you know that this person's evil. I better just go kill him. He's mm -hmm. he's not going to tell us the truth. Well, you can't you can't do that in a Barovia setting. So they changed the rules. And then there mm -hmm. were new fear and madness uh, mechanics. And I, I really think that they're going to expand upon what's in the DMG for this particular setting because yeah. it is so different. And like we were talking last week with Ravenloft, you, mm -hmm. I think that's the new direction for D and D five E, you know, it's like, we've done the fantasy thing. Now you can, you can take all of these optional rules. And then when you do optional rules, Ravenloft works when you do optional rules, uh, you know, this setting works because mm -hmm. you're, you're limiting races and things like that. Like, I don't know. I, Playing the Magic the Gathering um, Theros setting, if I used all of those uh, rules, that like all the god rules and stuff, that wouldn't really work for a Ravenloft setting. 
but right. it works really well for Theros and the type of Theros game you want. Uh, and and the funny melting pot, I think, is the Forgotten Realms because you could be like, yeah, I want to I want to run like a creepy, <laughs> yeah, creepy Ravenloft game or something there. So, yeah. so I'm interested. Um, I, I would encourage read you to read them. it. If, I, I mean, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I, I think you'd like it. Yeah. Like it's it's interesting and it's fun. I, I'm enjoying yeah. researching it. So, yeah, I'm hoping that that's what will be. And not every book has to hit for every person. Not every book is for every person. There's lots of different sub communities out there mm. within our big tabletop community. And if I don't get a couple of books, you know, I'm not going to put out tweets where I'm ranting and raving how wizards of the coast doesn't build anything good anymore or anything like that. It's just like, I realize that maybe a book will miss with me or not, but I'm also willing to be pleasantly surprised. Salt Marsh was that way with me. Yeah. Where everything I heard up until it was like, okay, so it's, you know, some, some adventures. I like the idea of a nautical theme. I love that, but I wasn't getting too hyped. And then I read that first chapter and I was all in on that book. Like I was like super surprised mm. how good and how much it connected with, oh, I do want to run this book or I do want to, mm. you know, read all these adventures and see where they go. And I can't imagine what, a, how fun uh, an adventuring group would have trying to figure this stuff out and maneuver their way through this whole intrigue that's going on in this part of mm. the world and that it can be set anywhere. So I think I'm going to have like lowered expectations, which make it easier for me to be <laughs> surprised, which would be good because you don't want to go in with higher expectations and be, then be angry, you know, internet angry at that point. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to read them. I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see. And then I'm excited to see, okay, well, if those are the two books that missed for me, I bet at the end of the year, there'll be some books that really hit for me. Then at some yeah. point if they throw, you know, anything else out there, that's a, a planes walking, a spell jammer, uh, a dark sun, um, a gray hawk, a dragon lance, you know, any of those other things I think I'd be really interested in to see what the 5e version of those are. Not that we need them. We've said that a million mm -hmm. times on the show. You can go back and get the older editions and play those in 5e easily. They're, the conversion to even from any one of those is very easy. We've done it. You know, even this Ravenloft things. stuff, the more I was reading it, I'm like, yeah. all it is is ideas, locations, and you find equivalent mm -hmm. monsters and you have a good time. So, and then, so it's yeah. not that we need a 5e version, but I, I it's still fun to see new art, new interpretations. A 5e yeah. Version. yeah. 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 Uh, because you got a different design team, yeah. you know, and they have different ideas and they can maybe take other ideas a different direction than maybe what other designers took it when they had, when they had their mm -hmm. chance. Uh, yeah, Silver Boulet says he's going to take a Lamordia with the Frankenstein monster and run a Rocky horror game. And so I can see that being that fun. I would like be a lot of fun in a very different game, you know. <laughs> a really, really fun one that I don't see a lot of could be a mummy, Egyptian, ancient tomb, ancient kingdom kind of theme in the desert. That could be a really fun kind I ran of Indiana Jones kind of game. Jones, that was kind of, like kind that, of yeah. game. Uh, you know, a Scorpion King kind of game. I think that could be really fun too. So that'd be an interesting domain of the dread for if there's like a mummy version of that or a, a creature from the Black Lagoon, mm -hmm. you know, Amazon jungles and swamps. You could put it in Chult. Amazon driver jungles. It's, yeah, just Chult, like, yeah. and if there's 30 of them, that's a lot of classic monsters if there's 30 domains of dread. So what yeah, else yeah. is there then? Those I don't are, we're know. talking about the common ones. What are some of the uncommon ones you can think of then? Oh man, well there's a. We they've like only a announced three. Um, that would be cool. Uh, no, I think there's like a Cthulhu -y setting, and oh, but okay. like I said, yeah, I'm yeah. I I read so I read the uh, the second edition Ravenloft book is kind of interesting because it's 
here's like a snapshot. And I think it was designed to sell modules. So like I read, let's look, let's use Lamordia again. So I, mm-hmm. I read Lamordia and I'm just like, oh, like a cool Frankenstein kind of thing. That looks awesome. I, how would I play that? And then in that setting, they're like, by the way, you should check out these adventures or something. And so, so then I go and I read the adventures and there's a whole adventure called Adam's Wrath that's about Mordenheim's monster. And yeah. it's like a three-part thing and you can go from levels like seven to 11 or something. And so it's fun. And then, and then the idea, I think, is you go to another Domain of Dread and you have another adventure there. Uh, one of the adventures that I read was about a guy who has mind control powers. And it kind of felt like that go to the cornfield kid uh, from the Twilight Zone. And so this, and I can't remember his name because he's not, he's not next week's video. So I haven't really done it, but he, uh, he controls a lot of the government, but from behind the scenes. So the entire adventure is kind of like, you see that there's a lot of problems here, but you can't find that central, like what is causing all of these problems Mm -hmm. until you actually discover that it's not, not necessarily a little boy in this case, but a, a man who can has the power of suggestion and what have you, and is controlling things from behind the scenes. Uh, so that is a very different one from a werewolf running around, yeah. you know? And so classic monster yeah. Pumpkinhead. Remember that movie, that yeah. crazy movie about, yeah. Crazy creatures that happen because some small town believes in something or does a ritual of something or somebody does something and it unleashes something bad. There's all kinds of stories like that. Children of the corn. Could you imagine a D and D campaign based on that storyline of the children going crazy? <laughs> no, I don't even want to do it. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be I did funny. a horror game where, well, it wasn't horror. It was just a Halloween game where uh, my party came to a uh, small town mm-hmm. and all of the parents were throwing the kids outside of the house and then like locking and, and bolting up the doors. And the kids are just like, mom, let me back in. And so our mm-hmm. heroes are just like, what's going on? And then when <laughs> the sun set and the moon got out, all of the kids turned into monsters. And that's why the parents were doing this. Cause they knew it was like the full moon. Yeah. And so it was fun because my, they weren't super difficult monsters, but my, my party was like, wait, these are kids. Like we can't attack yeah. them. So their yeah. whole strategy was like trying to get away from the kids and running from them. <laughs> And then not hurting them. And it was, it yeah. made for an interesting encounter. It was kind of fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Headless so Horseman. That's that, another good so. one. So, there's I'm, lots I'm of I'm interested to see 30 different domains yep. of dread, 30 different types of dread, you know? Mm-hmm. That's Existential. Yeah. Financial. There's all kinds Financial of dread. All kinds of dread. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> so, yeah. That, again, we're really excited. Uh, actually, and this is something that I wanted to bring up that is, Somewhat in relation, I guess. Uh, But YouTube has, for a while, had this Mm -hmm. hashtag system that if you are uploading a video, you could put a hashtag in there. And so some people are like, I don't know, maybe it helps with the algorithm. And they're just kind of putting in hashtags. Well, now YouTube has made it work where if you search for a hashtag or click on a hashtag at the bottom of a video, Mm -hmm. um, it'll open up a new window or not a new window, but a page that has... Uh, all of the other videos that people have linked those hashtags to. Um, So specifically, if you go and search hashtag Ravenloft, you'll find all of the videos that a lot of um, content creators have been making about Ravenloft. 
some of them like a year old because people just liked this setting. So uh, utilize that because yeah, I think a lot great. of times the YouTube algorithm doesn't find you the things you want. And if you can search by hashtag, then you know like, oh, the creator specifically was talking about Ravenloft in this video. So uh, I I was doing that this morning and I was like, oh my gosh, they finally made this work. And I was very excited uh, to search that. So just the the pound sign and, and that. Don't do it now because you're watching a live video. But what, what's what's our hashtag for the show then? We uh, need some, I think it's something. SM D&D show <laughs> is uh, right, our hashtag. Right. Yeah. But we need we need more too. We need like Dungeons and Dragons or something. Yeah, I know Bring you put a whole people. bunch in there. So I just like it. Um, yeah, that's cool. Really cool search function. Uh, YouTube's just getting better, so that's good. Uh, mm-hmm. In other news, Adam other Bradford. News. Adam Bradford has officially got his new job as chief of development officer for uh, like a D and D Beyond. Not, I don't want to say clone, but like I think they're offering a very similar service. So it's kind of interesting <laughs> that he's going here, but uh, it's called Demiplane, and which is a good name. It's the name of an RPG like web-based service. And they are, I haven't really checked them out other, I haven't even made an account yet. I should probably make a free account. I made an account this morning, Jim. Oh, well, what, what do you, well, tell us all about it. <laughs> well, so far, What's I What's your I password? Know, I'll log in. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll log in. Um, it looks to be like right from the front screen, um, highly polished so far with not a ton of content quite yet. Mm-hmm. There is a join open adventures or create your own adventure. And they have cool little tiles of artwork. And then how many seats are filled. And then when does the game run? And then if it's a match to your parameters, cause in your profile, you put in parameters of what things you like. It's a matchmaking service. And then the you can click on the tiles. If you want to maybe sign up for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely, geared towards free games but also robust enough that it's doing uh pay per session games so okay dungeon masters can put up and say hey if you want to join this game two bucks for a session jump in i'm running it for however long and then you can you know there's tipping of the gm there's some other things like that what i haven't found because i haven't dived into anything yet it's supposed to have video and voice Mm-hmm. for your games which i would love to test out so i was thinking maybe me and you could test it out at some point yeah um and, and take a look at it uh, i it has a place to save files so i'm assuming we could share character sheets and maps and things but i don't know if it necessarily has a full vtt yet though they make mention is that's the direction they're going yeah so i think they're going to make their own virtual tabletop they're putting in a way to find each other very roll 20 ish, but maybe better than even how roll 20 does it as far as matchmaking or finding a session that you could, you could jive with. Um, and so that's what I've seen so far. There's, there's quite a few tiles in there that I, when I looked in it, um, I'm, I'm seeing maybe 20 ish, all kinds of games, not just D and D. I've seen a GURPS game in here, a Pathfinder two yeah. E, I'm seeing um, some pretty good artwork. You can create your own portal, share your own adventure. But it it's a little vague on everything you can do still. Well, it's, so and it's far. new. I, I guess <laughs> yeah. that's the point. But yeah, but yeah. yeah from, but it's from the articles I read, they are they want to do not only D&D, but like any role-playing game, which mm-hmm. kind of feels like Roll20. Uh, and I don't, I don't 
I know you enjoy Roll Twenty, and I don't want to like bash on Roll Twenty, no, but no, yeah, uh, yeah. boy, their their user interface has remained the same for like so long I and i feel like they could have updated it and and yes i can buy adventures in mm-hmm. D or in roll 20 like D adventures i can even buy dcc adventures now um yeah. but they don't i don't know if you could if you could like D beyond it just kind of flows really well and like if if you if i invite you to an adventure that i bought you can then see those magic items and equip them and things like that uh mm-hmm. and so I don't know, but it's it's interesting. They they want to do, you know, D&D Beyond is going to be D&D, but fandom in general is branching out with uh the Cortex system they want to create. And I bet I would put money on it that D&D Beyond is going to make a virtual tabletop at some point as well. Because why mm-hmm. would we want you to leave our service to go to roll 20 to see a map? Why can't you just stay on our service to see a map with dice rolls and everything else that they have already going for it? Mm-hmm. Um, so competition's good, I guess, you know, uh, yeah. I think this will be awesome. Demiplane, we'll see where it goes right now. It's just really new, but, uh, yeah, uh, that was the, the offer he couldn't refuse was Adam, Ra- uh, Adam Ramford went to Demiplane because of that. So they were always yeah, saying yeah. that he just well, was like, it was too good to pass up. So it's yeah, interesting. And D&D Beyond was a character creator for one game that expanded from that or starting to expand or has ideas about expanding Mm. from that. Um, Roll 20 was a virtual tabletop that allowed you to, that expanded into bringing in um, official adventures and they had electronic um, character sheets, but you, they were more things you just filled out. They weren't, Mm -hmm. wasn't, I would say as robust as like a, a D and D beyond. Um, but the tabletop, the the key to that one, I thought that they nailed was the the lighting for tokens. They got really mm-hmm. that whole that piece was really good for what they did. But they haven't really done too much else with that. And I still think it's too much white on that. They they need mm-hmm. like a night mode for that. Whole yeah, and there's and another then, service um, called Start Playing Games. Start Playing yeah. Dot Games, and they've been doing uh, paid DMing matchmaking finding people putting putting people together for games mm-hmm. uh but it sound but i don't think they have they don't have a virtual tabletop so it yeah. kind of sounds like this is combining the idea of roll 20 D beyond and start playing games into one thing called demiplane and and i mean that yeah, would and- be the ultimate goal because you want people to just stay within your site Somebody, yeah, I feel like it's a matchmaker first. It is. And That's what it feels moving like to me, from. Yeah. That, so just knowing kind of what what their thing was, their core was first, and how they're expanding from that may help you decide which one you like. Because well, now there's a great like idea Astro to be VTT out there. There's I think I've seen six different virtual tabletop companies start up in the last year. Oh yeah. So there's a bunch of them out there now. Yeah, and I. I don't know. I was just thinking this is a great way to like test games that you're writing and stuff too. Cause if you could just be like, Hey, I want to like play test this and see who's interested. And like, cause uh, as you're, as I'm trying to write a game, it is difficult to find uh, a time, but B also people that are like, yeah, I'll, I'll play your weird game. I don't know what. <laughs> so, uh, good morning, AJ Pickett. Always lovely to see you in our chat. The so lore master himself. I like the artwork. I like the style of the webpage. It's mm-hmm. modern um the it's evocative like when you're looking at these tiles i'm like yeah i want to play in these games <laughs> there's like a couple of me i'm like this is pretty That's good funny. i don't know where all this artwork's coming from i don't know if it's yeah. just the creators putting it up there or not but there's a couple of them in there i'm like i want to jump into this and yeah. see what's going on this is good well, stuff. Uh, so. we'll keep it 
we'll keep it uh, on the. We'll we'll figure it out and we'll see. Uh, well, I yeah, mean, I'm we'll keep a pulse. A we'll keep looking at it. I, words, blah, but we'll we'll keep uh, following up on it and see where it goes because I'm curious about that as well. So, yeah. uh, that's about. I mean, we talked a long time, but that's news. Uh, now we're gonna jump into College of Monsters, which is oh, our, I did have one more. News oh, thing. you have one more news. It's before not on you, our thing. Before you do a roll. Oh my gosh! Did you see this on Twitter? I've been seeing it that there's been a villain cast for the D and D movie. Oh yeah, it's Hugh Grant, isn't it? Hugh Grant, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So they're which you know, uh, Penny Arcade did a really good comic on Friday where they were like, I'm not excited about a D and D movie. Like that's like saying, what's for dinner? Kitchen. Like you <laughs> yeah. use the kitchen to to make dinner, just like you yeah. use D and D to make a story. Like yeah. make a Forgotten Realms movie or a Dragonlance movie or this movie. So, yeah. uh, but uh, I do want to go back. The idea of a Lego movie was kind of like what, and that was yeah. a very good movie. So out. I I they think that well. they're 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 banking on brand recognition more than story things so yeah. uh but so though, I thought that anyway, was funny i saw that Hugh Grant is, he's never played he doesn't play because those. the cast yeah. we're seeing is a very interesting eclectic some pretty big names here and there some up-and-coming actors some actors that have been in a lot of big movies you know so it's an interesting cast they're throwing together for this story we have no idea what it's about yet or not even a clue what type of D story it'll be so yeah it's interesting i thought that was interesting so College of Monsters, though, College we've had some of good ones in the last couple of days, uh, or the last couple of sessions, episodes. So um, I better transition episodes. to our random monster generator. We've been getting a lot of 200 area ones, too, I've noticed. So I'm waiting for the, the random generator to give us some crazy low number or crazy high number. 12 or 316? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in there. 12 and 316. <laughs> so let's, uh, oh, here it is. Okay, I'm going to hit generate. 173. Okay. What do you think Still 173 pretty high is? Up. 173. Um, ooh, a Grick. Did we do a Grick? We did a Grell. We did the Grell. Okay. Right? So the Grick is very similar. <laughs> yes. Um, But, yeah. You know, people of the internet... I know you're out there. You're you watching the show right now. You're listening to the show. Right in the camera. Um, Look them in the eye. Somebody, somebody make us a, a monster generator. <laughs> like, or or a, a page number picker, but through all of the books of D&D. So I could just like, like we need to find that. And then I could just pick yeah. a random monster because um, although there are a lot of monsters in the monster manual, uh, Lucian's right. We're going, it would be more fun to see all of the ones from, Volo's Guide and, and uh, Morning Morning King. King. yeah, things like that. Yeah. So, once the old stuff, it'd be fun to do old monster manuals too. Yeah, first edition, second editions, third oh, that editions, would be cool too. fourth editions. So, a Grick and a Grick Alpha. So, I'm gonna search Grick here. You guys can see what we should do every other show. Really good. We should do a different edition. Not only can we talk about how you'd use it, but we could talk about how you'd convert it to work in 5e. Yeah, which would be fun too. <laughs> Um, I need to do. So Grick's are pretty. I mean, um, I've seen a couple in adventures I've ran. I've got to use them against my players. Um, they're a fun creature to use because they can be, they can be a challenging ambush type creature to throw against a ah, pretty lowish level party, but still have fun and still be alien enough that it's they're scary in some ways. They're 
they're not um of this world you know they're they're mm. a very kind of classic D D monster kind of thing yeah um, so they're uh a worm a worm-like monstrosity that ben- blends in with the rock of the caverns it haunts. When prey comes near, that. its barbed tentacles unfurl to reveal a hungry, snapping beak. Yeah. This is Tremors. If you watch the movie oh, yeah. Tremors completely. <laughs> it waits <laughs> unseen, blending in with rock. Um, they are passive predators. They are roving ambushers. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I don't know. They're they're a level or CR two, but a Grick Alpha is CR seven. I love and the alphas. I've used the alphas quite a bit. They are a fun throw at your party. They're fourth or fifth level, but mm-hmm. a group of them can take them on. They burrow. They squeeze. They they do all kinds of terrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. Do they have they have a climb speed, but they don't have a burrow speed. That's interesting. Especially when it says they burrow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But climb is kind of fun because then they can go up walls and stuff. Uh, how would you use a Grick or a Grick Alpha, sir? I like them. I'll tell you one way, and uh, it wasn't even my idea, but I was running uh, spoilers. We should put our spoilers banner up. It's <clears throat> Storm King Thunder. And what a cool creature to use to come at them when they're in the snow and icy mountains. And this thing comes ramping out of them, out of ice and snow to get to go after the players. Uh huh. That was a really fun kind of creature, and I love the idea of anything that has that expanding mouth, you know, and they you can you can kind of sell that whole scene in your in your game where something pops out, there's big jaws, but then they have some type of other like claws and talons around them that are shaking or hissing or making a noise, and they. They expand much bigger than they are. Anything that that's why the predators are really crazy cool and why aliens was so cool because you would have the look of the alien, which was pretty cool, but mm-hmm. then it would open its mouth or it would do something, or the predator would make its its howl and it would do something. That's what I always imagine these Gricks would are kind of like, or very I'm such a Tremors movie fan that I would do a full on Tremors episode in one of my adventures as a one off and just have these things. And I would probably give them a little bit more capability of moving around in the ground fast and big distances to be able to surprise the players and dodge Mm. the players magic for a while and make it hard on them. Not that they won't be able to eventually kill them or find a way to kill them, but um, make it a little bit tougher than maybe they are in the book. Um, But I like them. They're, you know, a very worm like tentacly big, big beak, you know, almost like that big chomping um, uh, maybe squid-like beak, or mm-hmm. I've seen it drawn more like bird beaks sometimes, but I think of like the big squids, you know, those big chomping mandibles. And I just think it's a cool creature to describe. It's very fun too, if you're describing this to players who don't know D&D, because you can get into not telling them what it is or showing them a picture, but letting, just like saying things and watching their eyes go, what? It has like, you know, the that, that type of mandible and it's a big snake, but it has tough scales on it. And then it has these tentacles that can reach out and grab you and yeah. grapple you so you can't get away from it. And there's talons on the end of those and suction cups and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can really get into it and then show them the picture and be like, what? That's what we're fighting. So I think it's kind of a cool. That's the classic way. That's not the out of the box, you know, mm-hmm. thinking for this. But I like the. I just like thinking about the Grick a lot because I've used it in a bunch of campaigns. I'm sure you must have thrown Gricks at your players at some point. You know, I. 
I don't think I have. I don't think I've ever used a Grick. But they're You fine. should put them in your dragon on the mount. I should just write another adventure, let's be honest. Yeah, part two, dragon. Part two. <laughs> Dragons. Grick <laughs> on the mount. Yeah, uh, so... <laughs> AJ says you only see the beak when they peel back those ripping tentacles to attack. Um, yeah. They should rain off a Tarrasque like a parasite. Yes, that would be cool. Or a uh, Grick Hydra, a seven-headed ooh. one of these would be very cool. Good, good. I like that. So of the... one of the little things in the lore there said that they they live in the Underdark, but they do come up every once mm-hmm. in a while if there's not enough food in the Underdark. And they'll Ooh. hide in trees and stuff. That's a good story. So what if you have, um, like, the Grick tree, and these things look like some kind of weird hanging fruit bulb, like, from the branches? And so mm-hmm. uh, perhaps to keep the Gricks from coming into uh, the community, the, you know, every, I don't know, 30 days or something, someone is sacrificed, and they draw lots and then oh. that person is like shoved into the Grick tree. And then it's one of those like they're looking up, but they're trying to I don't know. And I'm, I'm thinking of like Alien, like the, the mm-hmm. opening of the pods. But instead, it's it's from above and the tentacles open and like snack, sna- uh, snack. Wow. Yeah, they snack down on a on a on a, <laughs> a victim, so to yeah. speak. Um, or like a Grick pit, like in Indiana Jones oh, when he gets thrown pit. into the like snake that. pit. <laughs> I like that. Why did it have to be Grick's? That's I my that's my next character. I'm making <laughs> a underdark ranger who's yeah. like archaeologist. Why did it have to be Grix? Uh, yeah, that could be fun. It could also. What if you had a pet Grick? Okay. Yeah, I was thinking this would be a cool ranger pet. This right? would be a good you ranger a really or any cool... kind of pet, really. Like I don't know, maybe yeah. a maybe a um a warlock pet or something. Not yeah. necessarily a familiar. What if, but I was thinking too a, a cool thing visually. What if you had like four of these that were attached to a carriage and they pulled the carriage along mm. because they, you know, they, they have the ultimate off wheel body, but off road body. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing they can't climb or get over or move around. I mean, that's what the snake body's perfect for. So mm-hmm. yeah, they would make great pullers of wagons and carts and things. And so maybe you have a whole, maybe they're just like a domesticated animal of some sort and you have a grit farm and you sell to farmers who use them to pull plows. And, you know, that could be could be an interesting thing for your players to come into to maybe offset how different this new kingdom they're moving into looks or acts or is mm-hmm. because they have found a way to harmonize with these creatures in probably a good way. They take <laughs> care of them. They you know, they they they're not abusive to them. They're not killing them. They're using them, but they're feeding them. They're keeping them healthy and they, you know. Um, they use like a domesticated animal, but they're Mm -hmm. just such a strange looking creature that, you know, your players like, what kingdom are we in? What is going on here? Mm -hmm. Uh, That could be kind of fun. Also a very, uh, I know you like stranger things, but a very upside down looking creature. Yeah. That uh, if you are doing a weird, like the shadow fell bleeding into the real life, this could be a good uh, starting creature. And you're just like, what's happening? Like every, I don't know, every so often there's, a flash of light from the Russian controlled something. And then mm-hmm. we start finding these weird creatures running around and they're, yeah. they're or like eating our cattle. <laughs> yeah. Where everything's in the mist and yeah. things are coming in and out of the mist and these kinds of things would be, I mean, cause if you don't have, if you don't see them coming, they can do a lot of damage to your party pretty quick. If, if they can mm-hmm. move in and out, 
you know, and they can't be seen. So all of a sudden you're long range. People can't do much. Your spells aren't working as well. And they're just going in and out of water. They're going in and out of mist. Right. They're going in and out of the darkness, you know, that for some reason you can't see. Those are all be kind of really cool stuff too, I think. Well, they're fast and they have a lot of damage resistance and they mm -hmm. are really good at camouflage. So I like the idea of an ambushing Greek tree. Um, or like you said, like uh, maybe they flatten themselves down and you can't all of a sudden they're just like, but we lost them. They're in the mountains or they're in the field or don't go yeah. into the tall grass. That's where the Gricks hang out. So, yeah, yeah. The cornfields. Oh, my God. Like <laughs> you, the farmers can't go out and harvest because the Gricks are out there. You've been hired to take care of them. But you're like, I don't want to go out there. Do you want to go out there? And you're like, hell no, that's six foot of corn. I'm not going out there with that type of creature crawling around in there. That's where you craziness. take the uh, fighter blind fight. And then, you yeah. Can, yeah, you would have to do something, right? Because you would have no line of sight. You would have. It'd be interesting. That could be a really fun style of, of combat for a night or two with your party where it really throws their tactics upside down, right? Because they're just so used to knowing what they can do. And all of a sudden they're walking through tall sugar cane or they're walking through, mm -hmm. like you said, tall grass or or whatever, and the just visibility is down to five feet or 10 feet or something. It's just- Which would be really cool on roll 20 going back to virtual tabletops where you are like, well, where's my teammates? I don't know. And you can't mm -hmm. see your teammates. You, you can hear them, them. You can talk to them, <laughs> but you don't know where they are exactly. So, yeah. So I like it. Um, I, again, it's, it's similar to some of the other creatures we've talked about. Um, I like the Grick alpha for sure. Mm -hmm. The just bigger, badder version of this whole thing. I like the idea of having a group of them. I love the idea of modifying it to like a, a Grick hydra. That was kind of a fun idea. Or even if it was like, um, what's the other creature that has the snakes that come up off the body, but it's like a, a jaguar or a tiger or a lion or something. It's like has the chimera, the cat. Uh, no, I thought it was in um, Cholt. It's in Tomb of Annihilation. I think it's like a leopard body and face, but it has snakes that come up off its body. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I it's got a crazy name that I keep forgetting. Well, Displacer Beast is close too. That's like the Panther one. But yeah, if the the tentacles were Grix, would be kind of cool. It starts with a C. Calma. Camadon. Yeah, that's with the a one K? I was trying to think of. Camadon. Yeah, K. Sorry. Kamehadon. Kamehamehadon. Those were cool. Those showed up in our Tomb of Annihilation game, and those were fun. We wanted that for a Ranger bet too. So I think there should be like these. These are this is should be a candidate for a ranger pet special quest. Your dungeon master lets you go on it. It's a fun, cool thing. And then at the end of it, you get a cool Grick as your as your pet. That would be super fun. Yeah, I, I feel like they need to increase more than just pet beasts. Monster for, pet. for ranger yeah, pets. beasts are not enough. And yeah, also the pets. the CR needs to go up. Like if you're yeah. if you're level 10, give them a CR two Grick. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Or like even half, because at that point, if it's half a year level, I don't think it's that tough compared to what you'll be fighting. You know, so maybe just or, you know, if you want to put a number on it to make it easy. So, man, the third edition uh, Camadon is not nearly as cool as the fifth edition one. Yeah, I only. Yeah, the fifth edition one was fun. Like the like artwork wise, the third edition yeah. one just has like a few snakes out of its head. But you don't really they don't even look like snakes. But yeah, the fifth right. edition one, there's like. Full 15 on snakes coming out of yeah. its back like it's so cool yeah it's like oh no big cat no big snakes <laughs> yeah um all right cool 
Well, fun times. Uh, I like it. Are you playing any games, Mr. Lucian? No, I keep working too much. And, Stop uh, it. So, Stop working. Yeah. So I was not able to. We're, we're still mid-fight with a uh, an Obeleth at the moment. Obeleth. We're not out of that yet. I couldn't play Tuesday. Oh, the, um, the demon? An Obereth? No, Obeleth. Obeleth. O-B-O-L-E-T-H. Obeleth, I think. What's an Obeleth? Look that one up. You'll like that. Oh, an Aboleth. Oh, yeah, is that you what you're thinking? Okay, yeah. yeah. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Jif. Gif. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, go look at your animated Jafes. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So fine. we're 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 dealing with that and some other surprises. We haven't quite got through that. We're halfway through that fight. That was the one where we had the round that was terrible, and I don't know what's going to happen because our whole first round missed. And when you're, you know eighth or ninth level characters you do not want your whole first round of everything you do to miss <laughs> but uh, we'll have to see how that goes i'm sure we'll be playing this week um that's on danimal's channel our digital dungeon master from down under in australia um we haven't said anything about dcc yet so we should say something so we can do the emoji and chat. oh yeah it's a good emoji uh, for our dc channel's not drink. even here shame. oh wow well, shame shame, shame. So I did not, but did Jordan at least cover for me and play a whole bunch of games since I didn't? Yeah. Well, we we played. Uh, I played my the Vason game that uh, right we were game master Nathan was running, um, and we finished that one, and it was fun. It, it it he tied it in well with like some of the backstories, especially mine with the whole uh, mermaids cursed me old. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we had to go sailing around, and it was it was fun. I like the system. And I think I would really like to DM it uh, because you, 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 when you roll, you succeed on a six on a D six. And so the idea is that I roll more D sixes if I'm good at something. Mm -hmm. Um, But you could still roll a whole bunch and be like, I didn't get one six, you know? (laughs) And so it's, it's interesting like that because it is just chance. Uh, but then multiple sixes actually like you super succeed. And I liked that as well. So mm-hmm. combat was fun and, and it, it was it's a cool system. Uh, I was then reading that the same system is for Forbidden Lands. And somebody yeah. I saw on Twitter was running Forbidden Lands using Hot Spring Island. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. So they, they're mm-hmm. using the Forbidden Lambs so, game yeah. system, Forbidden, but they're uh, yeah. playing Hot Springs Island. So, yeah, it's right over there. Very exciting. <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, that's fun, because I like Hot Springs Island. Uh, but we finished the Good game. Adventure. So we are having a board game night tonight. Um, and if you guys follow me on YouTube, you probably saw that I did a poll, uh, because uh gm nathan and i are willing to run games and well, so we should, i thought we were going to have nathan on to talk about the game we, we should have him on we can have him on next have week him talk about like his expectations his i gotta craft. i gotta ease him into the the whole streaming things i don't know oh yeah all right. All right. <laughs> no nathan he's in chat right now he's like oh why not uh but we yeah well we can have him on next week i'll talk to him tonight um but well we might have another guest next week right no no that's no in, that's april mind. super we got a <laughs> super secret guest coming it is not a secret it is not super secret but there's no reason to talk about it just yet because i don't need the the whole project might be it's all hush hush uh but here are the games i said i was willing to run Mm -hmm. um ultraviolet grasslands which is uh my friend lex sent me that and it's like a metal post-apocalyptic kind of game 
Okay, not one I thought would be on your list. Uh, okay. uh, it looks really cool and I'm willing to run it. And these are games mm -hmm. that Jordan would be willing to run kind of a thing. Uh, yep. Mothership, which is one that yep. we've been, You've talking, been talking about. You've been talking about that a lot. You've so, been really wanting to do it. Yep. That could be fun. Uh, Numenera is another one that I was like, Love, I, I've only played Numenera. I would like to run it. I think it'd be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics, because of course, but I don't think we're going to, I don't think they're going to choose Dungeon Crawl Classics, but... Um, but specifically, I said, I would love to play the Lankmar uh, DCC, which has no clerics. It's just wizards, thieves, and uh, warriors. Peril of the and Purple And I think it'd be Planet. fun. And then the other one would be Peril of the Purple Planet, which would be fun. Which, that's more of a sandboxy one. Um, kind so of like Hot Springs seeing? Island, where you're oh, just wait. kind of exploring. Did you say your D&D &D one yet? No, I haven't. And then, oh. uh, I would love to run D&D. &D, and honestly, I had run a lot of different D&Ds, like... Or I'd, mm -hmm. I'd like to run some of the... I look over there because that's where I keep my my uh, published adventures. But I'd like to run some of the published adventures just because I think I think it's fun and I like that we could go to a convention and be like, oh man, I totally played Tomb of Annihilation. And you just kind of have that camaraderie mm -hmm. with strangers. Like, it's fun. So uh, I was thinking about that, but then I'm like, you know, I really liked Eberron and I've never been able to like play an Eberron or run an Eberron game. It would be fun to do just like a solid Eberron... Game. You played in so. one Eberron game. Yes. With me. With you. But that was, <laughs> it was, it was uh, fantastic. It was okay. It was fun. <laughs> Keith Baker wrote that, I think. I shouldn't be like, oh, it was bad, but it yeah. was interesting. That was just a weird scenario because we were told that we were playing something that Elise wrote and then it was changed last minute. We're like, what's happening? Yeah. Uh, Satine did. Yeah, that whole thing was funny. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I might run a D&D &D 5e Eberron game. Uh Game Master Nathan said that he wants to run a Greek-style D&D uh, game, um, which could be fun. So not mm -hmm. necessarily using Theros, but there's a Odyssey of the Dragon Lords thing that came out. It was a third-party thing that he wanted mm -hmm. to run with that. So we'll see. We're going to talk about it What tonight. about Lucian's List? What's Lucian's List? What is it? What Lucian's are you going to run? Lucian's List. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing a D&D. I've got to get the book in. Tolus. Yeah, Tolis would be good. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at that one really good. I would want to play that one. Um, I didn't see any of these on your game. I want to run... I'm getting the itch. I'm getting the the drive. I want to run a mass game again. Yeah, you like I keep getting bunches of messages. I did some videos on how to GM a mass game, and it's the only video I still get years later messages about. I wish you would do more videos on this. Like, I just constantly mm -hmm. people send me that. I'm like... And it's getting me there to the point where I want to get back to it and play a, a cool masked superhero game um, with that system that we just got done playing with Monster of the Week style system and stuff. Oh, yeah. Really fun. Um, and then Forbidden Lands, I think, would be really cool. Love mm -hmm. that artwork. Um, and then. Oh, he's thinking. Oh, man. There's Dead so air. many good ones. <laughs> I want to play the strange, but I can't ever get anybody that wants to play it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the strange, it's strange. It is, but you get two characters, which I think would be the one thing two that people would be like. Two or even three characters, it's crazy. Yeah. I also just got Star Trek Adventures in the mail yesterday, uh, but I, I don't think I have uh, A good Star friends Trek in fun. my hometown who are willing yeah. to play that. But I have many internet friends who are willing to play that. Yeah, so. I just started watching because we we opted for the CBS um, streaming thing. It came with uh, Amazon. And I just started watching Discovery. 
and it just pushed me back on a whole man it'd be fun to do a star mm. trek storyline of some sort game with yeah. people that like star trek stuff yeah, yeah. That'd be a good one. Those would be Lucian's right now. Oh, and Delta Green. God, I love Delta Green. If you don't know what that is, think of like uh, Cthulhu meets Vietnam. There you go. So I don't think image. I... Those are two very scary things. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life, the sorry, the of, Vietnam War. Vietnam itself is yeah. a beautiful country. The picture of it is tentacles ripping a helicopter out of the sky into a jung- in the jungle is the, the artwork for it. So I'm like... Okay, um, no, cool. there's just a lot of games to play, but it was it was interesting because, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more tonight, but mm-hmm. the idea is like, there's a lot of things I want to play, but I also want people to be interested in what I'm running. And and I'm all, I think a lot of this uh, came about is like, hey, we want to try new systems. But what I was trying to get uh, across to my players is that um, I still really like 5th edition D&D. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I just don't necessarily want to do generic fantasy this. And so that's why I'm like, I would love to really be like, we're going to do a hardcore Eberron game. I'll write it or I'll adapt some older uh, module or something. But I mm-hmm. think that would be a lot of fun. So where would you, where would your campaign go in Eberron? Cause you've got a lot. I want to cool explore the Mornlands. Yeah. You want to do the Mornlands. So like, the I want it to, adventure. I want to do a Mornlands thing where there's something happening with the Mornlands and you need to go in and actually like figure it out because there's some really interesting rules about all of the, that stuff. So there's, well, there's my symbol to go, uh, Jordan, (laughs) the first of the month siren. So good. So good. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out and watching us live here on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, really excited to have all of you here and just people, chatting um it's good to see familiar names you guys are all awesome uh we will be back next week with another episode of the saturday morning DD show and i can tell you all about the games that we're we're gonna choose to go forward with it's gonna be awesome uh i know we should ask nathan if he can be on next week yeah i'll talk to him we'll talk week. to nathan see if he wants to be on that could be fun um uh yeah and then we can talk about vason and other games that he actually likes because he reads a lot of games too so he's he's really into it uh yeah. Anything we need to say before your siren keeps going? No? Nope, we're good. Siren's okay. good. See you guys in the comments. Right. See you next week. Oh, it just ended. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Take care, we'll everybody. We'll see you next week with another episode of the Siren Morning D&D Show. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.